This is Kyle Blakely, and you're listening to COS 23, The Mayor's Race. We're doing this episode the morning of April 5th, the day after Election Day. With about 93,500 votes counted in the mayoral race, it looks like Yemi Mobilade and Wayne Williams will be in the runoff on May 16th. Right now, Yemi has about 29% of the vote, Wayne has 20%, and Sally Clark is right behind Wayne with 18.5%. There are approximately 10,000 votes still to be counted, so technically Sally could catch Wayne, but the difference between the two changed little with each new count release last night. No other candidate cracked 10% of the vote, so whether it's Wayne or Sally in the runoff, more than 50% of voters will be looking for a new candidate to support. So what does a runoff look like between Wayne and Yemi? We're going to take a detailed look at that today with my three guests. Brianna Gent, a reporter with the Gazette who's been covering the mayor's race extensively. John Hazelhurst, former city council member, mayoral candidate, and writer for the Colorado Springs Business Journal and Independent. And Mark Waller, former county commissioner and state representative, who's been a guest on some of our other episodes during this campaign season. I will continue to do weekly episodes up through the runoff. We won't be endorsing either candidate, but again, hope to provide enough information for voters to make up their mind. Bree, John, and Mark, thanks for being here. Really appreciate you guys joining me today for this episode. Absolutely. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Good. Yeah, so um, we're recording this about 9.30 the morning after the election results come in or have come in. And I know there's still, Bree, from what you said, about 15,000 votes to be counted. But it looks like right now that uh, Yemi and Wayne are going to be in the runoff, even though Sally is kind of close to Wayne, not sure that there's enough votes left to be counted that can get her over the top. Um, So uh, again, just want to go around to start with, and we'll start with you, Bree. What was your take on what you saw from the results last night? Yeah, um, so I wasn't too terribly surprised. Um, I expected to see Yemi, Wayne, and Sally. Um, they've been kind of the you know front runners as far as fundraising goes in the mayoral race, um, and so that's kind of who we were keeping an eye on. Um, and personally, I thought it would come between Yemi, and then it would need to be decided between Wayne and Sally, and and that's what happened. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, how numbers change we should get another update around 12 30 today but um overall I, I wasn't surprised i i you know can't speak for every individual but i don't think what we saw last night was out of the realm of possibility what anybody was thinking would happen okay great john what about you oh i think i would echo what Bree said and that being that clearly those three were the three front runners what surprised me was Yamie's strength overall, because I kind of assumed that Yamie might be second, but would probably be it would probably be Wayne and Sally in a runoff. So, um, I must say I was sort of surprised, and I was surprised at the weakness of some of the followers up. You know, many of them, some of them. Um, People whom I think well of that I thought would have run better campaigns or gotten more votes and didn't. So elections are interesting, per se. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. Mark, what about you? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think it's kind of interesting here in the discussion here already and in that, you know, we all probably had Yemi, Sally, and Wayne kind of in that top tier, but it's in, it's how all of that then worked out that's a little bit surprising in different ways uh, to us, you know, um, talking to Mr. Hazelhurst here and being a little bit surprised that Yemi got the first spot. I always thought Yemi was going to be in the first spot uh, coming out of the runoff because I thought he would be able to consolidate more of that uh, you know, I don't want to say Democratic vote or liberal vote, but, you know, just more of those kinds of people where um, all of the rest of the field was going to split the Republican vote or the more conservative vote in the race. I'm actually a little bit surprised that the second tier of candidates, if we can call them that, and I don't mean any disrespect by that, but I'm a little bit surprised at how much of the vote they actually got. I mean, Yemi was right where I thought he would end up being in this race. I thought he'd be at that 28 to 32 percent. I may have said that on your podcast the first time around. Um, But I thought Wayne and Sally would have split a greater amount of the vote. You know, they got about 40 percent between the two of them. I thought that was going to really be maybe 45 to 50 percent of the vote that those two would have split. I'm like everybody else. I thought those were the top three going in. I did have the opportunity over the last week to see or hear about a couple of different recent polls. And in both of those instances, Wayne was in third uh, at what I thought was outside the margin of error for those polls. And so I was somewhat surprised Wayne finished in second. I really thought it was going to be Yimmy and Sally. But I also agree, you know, in looking at what everybody below them did, you know, if it's Wayne and Yimmy, Combined, they have 48% of the vote. So there's still more than half of the vote that's got to be dispersed in the runoff. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. But I also thought it was interesting that 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th, Daryl, Lohinos, Tig Tigan, and Andrew Dalby combined have about 25% of the vote. I would not have suspected that that. And again, you know, we had talked about at one point in another episode if those four could have somehow figured out how to coalesce behind one of them, um, they'd be in the runoff. I mean, there would, you know, one of those four probably could have got elected if, you know, if there was a little bit of that consolidation somewhere. I thought it was very interesting. What are you kind of most interested about to see in the runoff, John? Like, what do you think is going to be like some of the key things to be looking at as we move forward? Well, as we move forward, we have to think about how Wayne is going to campaign, obviously, and how Yamey is going to campaign. And so I'm sure Yamey is going to position himself, I am the future, and Wayne is the past. And Wayne is trying to say the future is good, strong Republican conservatism, not godless communist liberal. <laughs> and I, and I'm sure that Yamey will reply, well, I am not some kind of crazed liberal. To the contrary, I am a servant of this city, and I am the future. And so can, I think Yamey is sort of, is sort of like a, a flare of lightning over the landscape, over the political landscape. <clears throat> and it would really, I think, be very interesting and different if Colorado were to do it, Springs were to erect, elect Yamey. But on the other hand, um, Wayne has many virtues, and he also, thanks to a long career in politics, has many enemies. 
So um, I just sort of think the two candidates are going to be trying to feel out each other's weaknesses and attack. So I don't think it's going to be a very pretty race. Well, what's interesting is I think those two have developed somewhat of a friendship throughout this process. And in fact, Yimmy went to Wayne's election night party last night on the way to his own to just stop and say hi. I, From what I understand, they have built some kind of a friendship. So that's actually one of the things I'm kind of interested in is to see if they will go after each other after building a friendship. Or will one of these independent expenditures, the one that was supporting Wayne and attacking Sally, are they just going to switch and start attacking Yimmy? It's going to be interesting to see how they treat each other because I think they've been friendly. I think that, you know, that's already kind of started happening, right? There was the uh, Chuck Broerman ad out there that said, hey, you know, Wayne's the only guy that can beat uh, the liberal Yemi Mobilade in this race. I mean, that was designed to get more Republican votes for Wayne at the time. But, you know, I I think when you're a candidate and your back gets pushed up against the wall, um, that's when the gloves come off. You know, everybody can be nice and congenial and, and can be friendly um, when it's not a threat. But when the threats start coming in, you know, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, in that TV show Survivor, they put you under duress, right? It's to bring out your true self. And I, I think that um, if Wayne feels that he is threatened in this race, he'll do whatever it takes in order to win. But having said that, you know, I've been in politics for a long time, and and um, there isn't a candidate out there that hasn't said that they're a good and just and virtuous person that is, you know, fighting for the good of the community that they're trying to represent. But I will tell you, in this race, um, I 100% believe that when Yemi Mobilade says that. I think he is, you know, I know both of the guys in this race. They're both good people. But without a doubt, Yemi is a good and decent human being that wants to do nothing more than what is right for this community moving forward. And I think that actually makes it a little harder for Wayne to go on the attack and to be able to um, score some points there. I mean, you know, but, but, but Wayne's, you know, got the benefit of the numbers, right? Um, they're just more Republicans, more conservatives in this community than not. You know, maybe if Yemi had come along five years from now or 10 years from now, I believe the outcome of this race looks a whole lot different. Yeah. Bree, I know as you've covered this so far, what are you kind of thinking about here as as these two go head to head? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm interested to see if um if we will see the same kind of um fundraising uh and monetary backing of these candidates and it'll be interesting to see um you know who shifts where if they do um with you know deciding who who they're going to um campaign they're going to finance um and it will be interesting and you're right you you brought up this friendship and yemi last night called for you know um let's let's not uh these are not his words but let's let's kind of stop with the mudslinging um let's let's we've got some work to do let's be cordial with each other but um like you said when it comes down to the wire uh that we could see some we could see it get 
get nasty. Um, but I am interested to see as well where, you know, if Sally does not make, um, if the votes don't change and, and it holds and we do see Wayne and Yemi in the runoff, where are Sally's supporters votes going to go? Um, you know, that would be because we have this split, um, you know, this water rule that was passed by the council has really colored this race. Um, it's got a lot of developers involved and kind of drawing lines in the sand on issues like development, um, annexation, water availability. Um, and that has kind of been the driving conversation. Um, and so I'm very interested to see where those where Sally supporters might throw their their votes behind. See, kind of. I, so I started thinking about that last night, even right when the first returns came out. You've seen this coalition of Norwood and Classic Homes have been the ones that have kind of been driving the money behind Wayne into uh, Colorado Springs Forward, into the independent expenditure campaign. We'll never know how much all of them spent. But really, if you look at it in the terms of this water rule, if Wayne gets elected mayor, the water rule will stay the way it is for at least eight years because Wayne will never change it. The So I could see Norwood and Classic putting even more mm-hmm. money into the runoff to ensure that that happens. Then you've got the independent expenditure that was supporting Sally and attacking Wayne. The question is, do they now start supporting Yemi or just continue attacking Wayne as this goes forward? So to me, uh, again, even in terms of where some of the supporters' votes go, as you were saying, where some of this money goes is going to be really interesting. Well, I, I think um, you know, another layer to that onion is this, and that is um, you know, right now that margin is so close between Wayne and Sally. You know, Sally can uh, you know, basically hold Wayne up for the next week or two here, uh, not concede in this race. She has the— Uh, the possibility of not doing that. And then Wayne is sort of left dealing with her and dealing with that aspect of this and not preparing for the, the runoff election. Right. And so there might be a circumstance where, you know, she's able to hold him up long enough that it gives Yemi more time to do the run up and give him an actual opportunity to win this thing. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that, that, if it, especially if in these last 15,000 votes, if it gets even closer, I, I mean, this, I mean, to me, and John, you and I were talking about this downstairs before we started. Mm-hmm. To me, that's almost an argument for ranked choice voting. Um, because again, we've never had this situation. It's only the fourth strong mayor election. You know, the others, there was never really anything that close in the first round. But with only six weeks between the first round and the runoff, if there is something narrow between second and third place, it does cause this problem. But ranked choice voting would solve that. Well, we and we should have installed ranked choice vote the voting long ago. And this election is a perfect example of how foolish we were not to do it because now the city is going to have to pay for a complete new election. We have to, we, the hapless voters, have to sit and listen to this stuff for another six weeks. Um, The hapless people who contribute money to politicians are going to have to shell out even more. And no one is going to come out looking well. You know, people are either going to be 
bitterly disappointed or angrily happy. <laughs> I don't know how to put it, but it's um, it's too bad, but it's what we have and it's what we have to deal with. And it is going to be interesting to see exactly how this is going to, this is going to, this is going to come out because Sally's endorsement, I am sure, will not go to Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> I am not sure that Sally will endorse, on the other hand. That's that's the other issue, yeah. If she right. does come out and support um, And so the question is, does Sally, <clears throat> does Wayne have anything he can give to Sally that would keep him, keep her being neutral? I mean, this is politics, after all. This is the world. So I yeah. don't think that he does. Interesting, interesting. So, uh, Breer Mark, what about ranked choice voting? Uh, i just curious to hit on that real quick. Yeah, um, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think we, we would not be in this situation <laughs> had we had ranked choice voting. Um, you know, there's... Um, arguments for and against it. But I agree. I think in this sense, um, you know, we could save ourselves the, the money of another election. And and we saw, I, 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 I am just conjecturing here, but, you know, when you look at the, um, the number of votes in the city council race versus the number of votes in the mayoral race, there were a lot more votes um, in the city council race. Actually, David Leanweber, um, around 9.40 p.m. last night, the last time I had kind of looked at some of those numbers, you know, he had more votes than Yemi did. Um, and so I'm I'm wondering if people were thinking we're going to have a mayoral runoff. I'm just going to wait to cast my vote until then between the top two. Yep. Well, and, and definitely, I think in that circumstance, I mean, obviously the city council candidates are probably going to get a little bit higher because you get to vote for three there, right? Or up two, three in that election. But I, I, I think that... Um, you know, we can have the discussion about ranked choice voting, but for me, it's almost more about uh, the fact that this is an off-off cycle election. You know, so we're not only not doing it in a presidential election year, um, we're not doing it in a gubernatorial election year. We're doing it, you know, in an April. We're not even doing a a November election, and I think that suppresses turnout. And if you think about it, you know, in this circumstance, Colorado Springs about five hundred and fifty thousand people. So 550,000 people live in this. And if you just look at that first round of voting, it's going to be 30,000 people are going to be the uh, what chooses our next mayor. There is definitely something wrong with that uh, circumstance, especially if Wayne's the guy that, that comes out successful here. I mean, literally, it, it'll be 20,000 people that decided he's going to be the next mayor of Colorado Springs. Out of 550,000 people living here, 311,000 registered electors. It's going to be 20,000 people. That's really wrong. Yeah, but Mark, I would, I would argue there's another reason for these April 4th elections. That being that um, they're nonpartisan, so that means all of us godless communist liberals um, can hope to have someone who is more, shall I say, liberal friendly than the winner of a Republican primary would be. You know, if this becomes, if they then become partisan elections, then I think we kind of lose the zip and flavor of the kinds of city councils and mayors we've gotten, most of whom have been people who could not have gotten through a Republican primary and probably couldn't have gotten through a Democratic primary. 
And it's just been in the interest of a whole lot of people, incumbents and hopefuls, to keep the system the way it is, but it's extremely flawed. Yeah, and, and certainly I don't want to make an indictment on um, you know everybody's chance to be able to create some success here, including a Yemi Mobilati in this circumstance. Uh, my only point was, you know, we just have such a small number of people making this decision for, you know, what's one of the top 40 markets in America in terms of city size. That that that's, that was the only point I was trying to make there. Well, I guess I would so. say it's their decision not to participate. I kind of go back and forth on voter turnout. I, I'd love to see it higher, but when it's lower, my vote counts more. So I'm kind of happy with that. So, <laughs> no, I've. So one of the things um, in looking at uh, voter turnout, in 2011, the first strong mayor election, we hit over 50% in terms of voter turnout in that election. If that was the case this year, we'd have had 150,000 or more people come out and vote. Would have been very interesting to see if those numbers changed from that standpoint. Um, Ever since then, the strong mayor election, I don't think we've gotten over 40 in any instance, either time Mayor Southers won, um, or I, we're not going to hit 40 this time probably. So it to me, I don't know if it was just that it was that first time ever and there was some extra excitement, but I sure thought this year had a chance. You know, I know I was guessing 105,000 total votes early on, but I still thought back in my mind somewhere that, again, new start, eight years, new mayor, interesting times in our city with some of the key issues, all the money dumped into it. I was really kind of surprised that the turnout was as apathetic as it was. I wonder if if the nastiness didn't reduce turnout because the flyers I got, some of them were just awful. There was one that Wayne sent out that on the front was the great Wayne, vote for the great Wayne, and on the back was Sally Clark is evil and awful. Don't vote for her. And I thought, and then Wayne was saying, quoted just the other day, saying, oh, all of this backstabbing, all of this is so terrible. And I thought, oh, gosh. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have noted this kind of stuff on media and thought, you know, to heck with all of them. I'm not going to vote. Absolutely. I think we could probably just see some fatigue with elections, you know, because not just the city election, but, you know, our county election in November, all the way up to the federal level. uh, It's unlike anything that it has been before in the last few years. And I think people might just be fatigued of the vitriol that we're seeing in elections. I mean, there's always, you're always going to try to position yourself as the best candidate um, and, and speak about why you're right for the job and why you're opponents are wrong. Um, But yeah, we have just seen overall in general in the last few years, elections have gotten to a point of mudslinging that is just, I've never seen anything like it before. And I think that that could have, people might just be tired of it and don't want to participate in it. Yeah. And I mean, I completely agree. I think negative campaigning does suppress the vote. Interesting. Yeah. I, the other thing we've seen over the last, I, and I go, I take it right back to 2016 when, uh, Trump started questioning the viability or the legality of elections and that they were being overtake, you know, hijacked or whatever. And ever since then, what we've seen in our local races, it used to be that about a third of the votes would come in the last two days, the day before Election Day and on Election Day. 
after all the talk about unfair elections or whatever, that number went way up. And we were seeing 50 to 60% of the ballots returned in the last two days. People concerned about safety, mailing it or whatever. But I don't know that we're going to see 50% this time. It might have shifted back a little bit in the other direction in t- when we when we see the final turnout. But now the question becomes in the runoff, is there an opportunity to for anybody to go out and find people who didn't vote and convince them to vote this time? Or in a six-week runoff, is that even a strategy? Um, you know, I look at, if you look at the way the city breaks down votes returned by council district, district four, which is the southeast part of town, votes way less than every other district. Is there an opportunity to to find new voters in that district in six weeks, or is that even a, well, I'm a viable sure, option? I'm sure at this very moment, Amy is sitting down and saying, okay, how do we... Because I think Yamie's margin is such that people who sort of shrugged and said, there's no way this guy could ever get elected. People are now going to say, there is a real possibility that he could be elected. And I think that he might be able to rally voters in the Southeast. And I think... And I think he might be able to pull a lot of moderates and a lot of Sally votes out of other districts. Now, so Wayne's job is going to be to get conservatives, Republicans, and unaffiliated voters to vote for him, you know, to all the ones who, mainly conservatives, who supported the... um, you know the other the other 10 candidates but i do think it's it's going to be really interesting i mean mark and i have different perspectives than you guys because we have both won elections and lost elections i can tell you there's nothing more fun than winning an election and nothing quite as deflating as losing one I've never run for office, but I've worked on enough campaigns that I know the feeling. I'm maybe not from a candidate standpoint. From, but. from the candidate, it's very personal. It's They're saying, no, we yeah. don't want you. We don't like you. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've definitely experienced that. Uh, you know, Sometimes at the ballot box, sometimes in person. But yes, uh, John's absolutely correct there. You know, I, I think the thing, you know, we, we keep talking about where um, Sally's votes are going to end up going if she doesn't get to the runoff. But what we haven't talked about really is what about that other 30 percent, the 30 percent that went to those ultra conservative candidates? I mean, the thing we need to keep in mind here is the top vote getter in this election uh, in, in this first round was Yemi. Absolutely correct. But only with 28 percent of the vote. That means 72 percent did not vote for Yemi. I, I think the more likely scenario, and I, I know everybody has said we don't want to go to the negative campaigning aspect, but I think the more likely scenario is this. It's not that they go um, look to try to find more votes. It's that maybe they try to suppress the vote a little bit more and hope that that you know, keeps the other candidate down. Interesting. Yeah. So in 2011, when I worked on Richard Scorman's campaign, he got 36% of the vote in the first round and 43% in the runoff. So only picked up 7%. 
Steve Bach was at 33 and ended up at 57. At the end of the first round, when we sat and looked at what each candidate got and where those votes might go, we knew it was going to be a tough road, even though Richard had won the first round. Because again, you, the majority of voters in this town, even unaffiliated voters, tending to be a little more conservative, a little more to the right, knew that was going to make it rough for, for Richard. I started looking at this last night, and I'm going, okay, again, you've got Daryl, Lohinos, Tig, and uh, Dalby with 25% of the vote. Is How realistic is it for any percentage of that to go to Yemi, since he is the most moderate of the two? I won't put Yemi in a liberal category, because I think he's tried to, to run a pretty moderate, middle-of-the-road, I'm here to support it or to help everybody in the city, but he's still to the left of Wayne. So do the far right voters go to Wayne or is there a chance that they'd stay home? That's what I think. Um, I think that those people don't like Wayne Williams any more than they like Yimmy Mobilati. In fact, I, my guess is they probably actually like from on a personal perspective, like Yemi better. They just don't agree with his politics. Um, you know, but Wayne has I mean, he has made some enemies within the Republican Party. There is no secret to that. So I really do believe the more likely scenario for that 30 percent is they probably stay home. Interesting. That's a, I would agree with that. I think that they're going to shrug their shoulders and say, uh, I don't much like either of them. So, <laughs> and, yeah. and it's it's just a pain in the butt. I mean, let's face it. It's going to be springtime. It's going to be nice weather. It's not going to be like, oh, it's going to be, no, I'm not going to be around on Tuesday. It's, it's that kind of thing. Or, no, I'm not going to send this thing in. <laughs> well, if, I mean, let's say 20,000 people don't vote and we're down around 85, 90, even 80,000 votes. You start looking at that. Yimmy's at 28 right now. He's only got to pick up 10 or 11 to get to 50% in the runoff. That starts to look more realistic. I, I think that's his opportunity. Yeah. Um, his opportunity is if people stay home. And and I really, truly believe um, Wayne's got a lot of work to do to kind of rehabilitate his image amongst those conservative Republican voters. I mean, you know, think about the uh, the Jenna Griswold ad. I, there are a lot of Republicans that were really upset with that. And so he's going to have to do a lot to uh, rehabilitate his image amongst those voters if uh, he wants those people to vote. Yeah, because he's not going to get people who thought, well, this is great that Wayne actually did this with Jenna and, and admitted that the, our voting system is good. Um, those people who favored that are probably going to vote for Yemi. So, you know, Wayne was not bragging about that <laughs> particular episode. You know, as much as it pains me to say this, um, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, Wayne's best strategy was leading with John Southers. Um, you know, I saw polling data, you know, months and months ago that said, you know, about 20 percent of the people would be more likely to vote for you if you had John Southers endorsement. 20 percent would be less likely to vote for you if you had John Southers endorsement. And then 60 percent didn't care. Um Look at how much of the vote Wayne got. He got 20% of the vote. So, you know, there are still a fair number of um, unaffiliated voters and um, 
you know, more centrist Republicans out there that support John Southers. And I think if, uh, you know, if Wayne's going to have an opportunity at success, he's going to have to ride that horse all the way to Election Day. So one of the things with this, with these two independent expenditures, it's two camps out of the development industry kind of doing battle with each other, sparked by the water issue. Let's say, again, if Sally doesn't make the runoff and the group that was funding her decides to give all their effort and money to Yemi, should Yemi take that money? If it's developers over here, some, you know, that are that are involved in that, should Yemi be at least thinking through a little bit about whether or not he takes that money or does he say, no, I'm for everybody and I'm not going to get caught up in this? Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a decision he is going to have to weigh because, you know, money wins elections and um, the amount of money spent is nothing to, to bat your eyes at. Um, and but at the same time, there has been this narrative, um, you know, I think just among or, or this thought among the general public um, that would you be beholden to those developers and candidates we've spoken to have said, no, we wouldn't, we would make our decisions independently. But I feel like there's always that there, there's a perception, um, you know, that, that you would be beholden to these developers. And so does he want to, does he want to kind of enter that? He, like you've said, he has kind of positioned himself um, in a moderate way, run a very middle of the road campaign, um, hasn't really taken even though our races are nonpartisan um you know but i I definitely think that's something he's going to have to weigh and uh, and it it could it could win or lose the race for him yeah i i would suggest that it'll probably be through different yet to be formed super PACs or you know Mm -hmm. some kind of um some groups that do not have to identify their donors and because let's face it, I mean, Yamie's a great guy, and Yamie is, I think, has marvelous character. But saints do not win elections. <laughs> um, so I don't think that um, Yamie is interested in winning the battle for the afterlife. <laughs> I think he wants to be mayor of Colorado Springs. Yeah. Well, and I, I think to to John's point there, I, I, I'm not sure Yemi gets to make that decision for himself because it would be third party efforts. And I truly believe, well, probably most of the voters out there think that there's coordination that goes on between candidates and third party efforts. I don't. I don't think that happens. Nobody wants to go to jail over a mayoral election in Colorado Springs, right? And so it may very well be the circumstance that a third party com- effort comes out uh, in support of Yemi's campaign, or more likely to the detriment of Wayne Williams, and Yemi doesn't get to have any say in that at all. Now, of course, he could then come out and say, you know, um, I denounce any uh, negative campaigning and I denounce any attacks that are going on against Wayne, but that doesn't change the third party effort's ability to do it. Yeah. Yeah. What is the real difference between these candidates in your mind? Because you know, everybody was talking about public safety. Everybody's talking about homelessness. I know Yemi talked probably a little bit more about economic vitality as part of, 
you know, his platform or what he wanted to focus on. But what are what do you think are the real differences between the candidates? I think it could come down to just experience in general, um, you know, but uh, Yemi is a political newcomer, but he does have a lot of business experience that could give him, you know, kind of an edge. If economic vitality is what he is focusing on, I think he has a real um, he has he could have some real insight into that. Um, but Wayne has a long a long political history too, and he knows how to um, he knows how to manage large organizations and. Um, so I think it could come down to experience, uh, but there, you know, maybe we could see people who are, who, who don't want another politician, a career politician in office. Um, and, and I think that might be, uh, to John's point earlier, you know, how the candidates are going to position themselves against each other. Um, to, you know, I, I, yeah, me possibly taking, I'm, I'm not a politician and here's the future. And, and Wayne may be trying to build on, on his experience and, and say, this is why I'm the best person for the job, because I have done this before. Yeah. John, what do you think is the kind of the differentiators between the two, or are they more similar than we think? Well, I don't think they're very similar at all. <laughs> I mean, I do think that, you know, Yamie, this is Yamie's first foray into politics. And um, <clears throat> Wayne and Holly have lived politics. I mean, that's basically their career. Um, so I think there's a big difference there. So Wayne can say, well, I have all this experience. And Yamie can say, the experience I have is far more relevant to moving the city forward. So they both have, a good, they both have good arguments. Um, Yamie has not been around long enough or in any position of power to make people angry at him. Wayne has had a lot of opportunities <laughs> to make people angry at him, and he has taken most of them. <laughs> so, Mark, what do you think the comes down to between the two of them? Yeah, I think it comes down to, in this circumstance, and I truly believe that this, this is a little bit less about ideology, uh, and it comes down to vision, direction, experience. Those are the, the, the words I would use to describe the races. It's going to move forward because, you know, at the end of the day, um, these municipal elections or, or, you know, serving in municipal governments really about roads and bridges and, you know, how the community gets built. It's not kind of based on ideological issues. Um, but having said that, I, I think that we are seeing in our state now um, a, a lot of nimbyism when it comes to uh, what happens in municipalities. And it's you know, if you can assign ideology to it or, you know, Republican value versus a Democratic value to it, that is starting to happen in terms of, you know, hey, I don't want this apartment building going up in my backyard. And it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you don't want your property value impacted that way. Um, and as, as we as a state have engaged in a greater global um, thought process and a, 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 a movement uh, towards um, anti-development because, um, you know, we want to, you know, protect uh, 
the interests of the trial lawyers and um, construction defects legislation and things. We always talk about providing affordable housing, and then we pass all sorts of laws that are antithetical to creating housing that's more affordable for people to live in. And so now we're kind of left with this circumstance where at the state level this year, they're working on a big piece of legislation that's going to force local governments into engaging in in more affordable housing sorts of discussions. And so I really think truly that's what we need to be looking out for moving forward. It's not about whether, you know, Wayne's more conservative and Yemi's more liberal. It's what do these guys think we can do to solve affordable housing issues? And I can tell you, you know, to, to Bree's point, when we first started this conversation off, you know, that's really what this election was about. It was about, are we engaging in, um, in policies that make housing less affordable in Colorado Springs? And I truly, I actually believe, I don't just think people think this, I believe that that water annexation ordinance, or that, that water ordinance was nothing more than an annexation ordinance designed to give one developer a monopoly, which flies in the face of creating housing that's more affordable for our residents. Yeah, I when I absolutely you, I'm glad you brought up that state issue, because that's again, when I start to look at the two candidates, really what it comes down to is new blood, new vision versus no, we need to keep doing what we've been doing because Colorado Springs has been kind of on a roll nationally for the last several years are, you know, we're finishing first and second in a lot of best places to live uh contests or whatever, not really contests, but just announcements from different media entities or whatever. And so, you know, that's kind of been Wayne's message. I'm supported by the mayor. I'm going to continue doing these things that have made us successful over the last few years. Yimmy's like, no, we've got some other issues that are starting to pop up in this community. We need new thinking, new blood, new, new ideas around all of that. And then I go to something like that state zoning law that is really, to me, kind of surprising because it's it's the kind of move the state and the governor are making that reminds me of almost some of the things that DeSantis has been doing on the other side in Florida, really just trying to take complete control of certain things and saying, no, it's my way, even if you're a home rule city, whatever, uh, you don't get any part of this. So if we're going to start to have more battles like that at the state level, which one of these candidates is more suited to lead us through those kinds of things? That's something else to consider. Wayne's been secretary of state, probably a little more active on the state level. But again, does that matter to people? Is it more about the new blood? Well, I'm not sure. I think that the, the state legislature is the state legislature, and I kind of wish they'd leave us alone. <laughs> um, Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I do think that one of the things we have had under John Southards has been extraordinary competence. Mm-hmm. You know, he is, I think, the most competent um, of all the mayors that I have seen in my long life. And so that is... That's something everyone has to consider because neither Yami nor Wayne have that kind of record um, that Southerns had of running large government enterprises. 
and he also was able to bring Colorado Springs along and say, look, we have to raise these taxes. We have to fix our roads. This is the choice you've got. If you don't raise the taxes, we're not going to fix the roads. People believed him. Now, that is very, very hard for anyone to do in Colorado Springs. So I don't know. And you look at, some, at a problem like housing, which is so intertwined with everything, and you can't put that in a campaign brochure. You can say, we must do, well, must do what, how, when, why, and is it going to affect my home value? <laughs> and so I don't know. I was just going to say that's where they're really going to have to work with the city council because the city council has the – has you know – they have the, the deciding factor in the land use decisions, and um, they are going to be making the decisions about how Colorado Springs is shaped and what we look like in the future. And, um, you know, it's going to be important. We've seen, um, you know, in the Steve Bach years, there was some tension between the mayor's office and the city council, and it seems like Southers was able to kind of bridge that a little bit. Um and I think that's going to be important. That's going to be something important to keep going um, forward, or else we're just going to stagnate. And I don't think we'll we'll see too much progress either way. Um, something else people are looking for is transparency um, as well from from their mayor's office and their city council, uh, just to know that they're being heard on these issues. Um, but yeah, it's going to take a lot because, like you said, housing housing is a big issue that's entwined with everything else, and it will be a domino effect. And so this council and the new mayor are going to have a lot of big, important decisions to make and sometimes tough decisions. And, um, you know, it's going to take somebody who is going to make those tough decisions um, and, and stick stick to them. Housing is an incredibly complex issue because it's impacted at every level of government. Um, the costs related to housing are impacted. And we all talk about providing more affordable housing. And I have yet to see any true you know, politician, political leader that is actually engaged in true efforts to make housing more affordable. Um, we already talked about construction defects a little bit, but you know, we also look at um, utility rates, for example. I mean, that's something that you still have to pay every month. And what have they done? They've doubled, in some case, tripled uh, over the last couple of years. Now, I think you can assign a little bit of that to, you know, cost related to natural resource extraction and, you know, creating more of a portfolio of uh, renewable energy and things like that. Uh, but we can look at, at uh you know, like zoning laws, for example, which is what we're struggling with right now. Every community in the state of Colorado seems to be, you know, not in my backyard. I don't want more development here. So please, city council, no apartments, no more density development. We don't want to see that. That drives the cost of housing up. You know, and then uh, we look at like codes, uh, you know, so you go to the regional building department. Uh, we're having state, the state is now forcing state level code requirements on the, our building departments that are driving the cost of housing up. So I, I think this is a circumstance where everything we do makes housing less affordable in the state of Colorado, but we all talk about wanting to provide more affordable housing. And I think, um, here's where I give you a little bit of pushback on on Mayor Southers. I think he's been a competent mayor. Absolutely. 
Um, but I don't think that we've tackled those difficult, challenging issues the way we should. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I always say I'm a, I'm a selfish guy. I'm a, a guy that lives here and I got two kids. I want to make sure that they have the opportunity to purchase a house and live in this community. And I'll tell you right now, no way. Can't happen because, you know, the cost of our housing is rivaled in New York City or Los Angeles or San Francisco or places like that. And that just should not be the case. We can be doing more to providing affordable housing for, oh. for the people of our community. And, and I'm hoping one of these candidates is going to be able to step up and make that happen. Well, Mark, that would be fine. But given that affordable housing is a nationwide crisis and given that there are so many there's so many spices that go in in this particular sauce and it's i think it's virtually impossible for any of the candidates for any office anywhere in this country to come across and say okay here's what we need to do because if there were it would be everyone in the country would adopt it because housing costs and basically it's the cost of building the cost of um <clears throat> the cost of labor the cost of um, complying with code. Um, and we could talk on and on about this. But if I were a candidate, I'd say, we have some plans, and then I would have like a, you know, a 30-second statement saying, just trying to project how incredibly concerned I am about this. And then I'd say, and going on. <laughs> and so um, I think... Forget housing. Neither candidate is going to be able to come up with something that makes us say, oh, this is really good. And what we're going to see is people, very sophisticated people, and some of them with lots of money, struggling to elect one or the other of the candidates. Yeah, I think, again, my kind of my next question for you guys is, what what, what do you want to hear from the candidates going forward? Well, and, and real quick, I, I, yeah, I don't think the candidates can say that in a 30-second ad, um, but I'm looking at this a little bit deeper, right? I want to know that we're going to pick a candidate that's not just going to throw their hands up and say, you know, geez, when I'm mayor, um, this housing issue is too complex to solve. I want one that's actually going to jump on board and try to solve it. I mean, we, we did that for years and years and years on the I-25 Gap Project, right? We just threw our hands up and said, we can't come up with the $350 million to make this happen. But then it took, you know, people in elected office, you know, really getting down to the nitty gritty and figuring out how to come up with those dollars. I want a, um, a mayor. I don't want a candidate. I want a mayor who's going to say, yep, I want to take this issue on and I want to do all I can to solve it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that's good. I think there are, but I think there are lots and lots of issues. Like water is sure. an issue. We have our water rule, and we believe we have this amount of water. And a lot of these beliefs are not really founded in reality. So I think that water is a continuing crisis. And I think the um, climate change, which, um, you know, Colorado Springs, even though we have been the victim repeatedly of climate change, has you know, this is not something that people, particularly Republicans, like to talk about. So I think that in this avowedly nonpartisan race, that both candidates will try to stick to things that first demonize their opponent, secondly, make them look good, and thirdly, um, 
the voters want to hear. And fourthly, please, please, they'll say, just vote for me. Don't worry about this stuff. So, Mark, you were kind of talking about it from the affordable housing standpoint. What do you think each one of these candidates is going to need to do to kind of separate themselves or or talk about or accomplish in these next six weeks? I mean, it's not a lot of time to make any, you know, make any other inroads or, or to reach a lot of new people. But what what do you think they're each going to need to do to to try or what would you like to see each one of them do to separate themselves? Well, I don't think it's I don't think that either of them. I have no advice for them because, after all, I finished a week third when I ran for mayor. <laughs> so, so there are four. But I would say that from my standpoint, um, I hope that there is – that the debates are interesting, intelligent, and thoughtful. I, am, however, am prepared for them to be bitter, awful, in imprecise, incomplete, and dissatisfying. I think it comes down to this. I, I, I'd have different advice for each of the two of them, just based on the demographics and based on where we think the votes are. I, I think in Wayne Williams' case, what he needs to do is just keep it in the fairway. He just needs to, you know, uh, he doesn't need to, you know, try to reach the green right away. He just needs to keep it right down the middle and not make any mistakes. That's, that's I think, what his goal should be. And if he does that, he probably wins. I actually think Yemi's got to do something a little bit more bold. Um, you know, he's got to go for the green uh, on the, uh, on the you know, off the, off the tee box uh, in this circumstance. Because I think that, you know, just from a demographic perspective, from an electoral perspective, he's behind. Uh, and so if he's going to be able to have success, he's got to be a little bit more bold. And Wayne's just got to not make a mistake. Well, you're right. I mean, if to continue your golf analogy, it's as if um, Wayne gets to play on the easy nine. <laughs> he gets to play from the front tees. You got it. <laughs> and, and, and Wayne and, and Jamie all of a sudden is like, oh, well, your ball is already in the sand trap. Yeah. <laughs> and and if you can if you can get it out and get it on the green close to the cup and then sink it, fine. Of course, no one has ever done that in the history of Colorado Springs elections. Yeah. <laughs> Bree, you're going to be covering this for the next six yeah. weeks. What are what fun. are you going to be looking at or what, what do you want to ask them? I mean, without tipping your hand, but... Yeah, um, you know, I, I think that they're going to, um, kind of to Mark's point, um, they're going to need to really come out with some concrete solutions for these issues that people, um, particularly affordable housing, just to go back to that discussion a little bit, but also water, um, you know, there has kind of been, there was a little bit of a commitment that we heard from the city council to go back and, and look at that. So I would be surprised to see, um, you know, to actually look at the data and study, study the water rule and study the amount of water that we have. And, um, so, you know, under Wayne, as we said before, I don't know that that, that would change. I think the water rule would stay, um, but there's potential that it could change in some way under Yemi, and that's an important issue for people. I think people are going to want to know what are you going to do uh, about the water rule or not do about the water rule? Um, what are you going to do specifically to address 
the affordable housing crisis? What are you going to do specifically to address, you know, which also kind of bleeds into um, homelessness and and how are we going to to address that ongoing issue? Um, So that's what I think people are really going to want. They're going to want concrete answers. Um, I would also be interested to see, um, you know, how they every administration is different, but how how or if they plan to kind of set themselves apart from the Southern's administration? Are we going to see more of the same kind of status quo? Are we going to to go in a completely new, different direction? Um, that's kind of what I'm interested to see. Nice. You know, I think, uh, I mean, Wayne has made it very clear um, it, that I just, Southern's 2.0, right? I, I mean, yeah, every ad that he's run, every... Uh, uh, everything that he has said in this race, it's been, I'm just going to keep doing what this guy's been doing before me. Um, now, Yemi really hasn't talked a whole lot about mm-hmm. that in terms of, you know, how he's going to separate himself from a- administrations of the past. But the one thing that we haven't really considered here is we're going to have a pretty sig- uh, new city council as well. You know, nine mm-hmm. members, four of them are are going to be new. And I can tell you, I have heard, you know, out of their mouths, some of these people have said, you know what, I don't like the way this water ordinance was done, you know, kind of passing passing it in the 11th hour without bringing a group of stakeholders together. So I'm going to, first thing I'm going to do when I get elected is work to reverse that water ordinance. And so I think it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge for whoever the mayor is working with the new council moving forward. I think they've said that, but I think at least the three at-large candidates have gotten some kind of financial support from the Norwood classic side. And so they might be less inclined to revisit that based on some of the support they've gotten. Now, I don't, I I haven't, I I don't know that I've heard Michelle's position on it or whatever, but, um, but I definitely wanted to talk about this city council race last night. I mean, again, we've got Dave Lineweber, Lynette Crow Iverson, Brian Risley and Michelle Tallarico are going to be coming in on this council. Again, almost half of the council is going to be brand new. There's a steep learning curve for anybody that's jumping into doing that. John, I think you can attest to that. Well, I can. I guess what I would say is that when you come in sort of en masse as new council members, and this is what I did in 91, and by the way, it wasn't 1891. It was 1991. <laughs> um, but, Thanks um, for clarifying that, because I was kind of wondering a little bit there. That's right. I wanted to clarify that I'm not quite as old as that. <laughs> but um, but anyway, we came in just, saying, just thinking, oh, we are the wave of the future, and so we are going to do this, and we are going to do that, and blah, blah, blah. And then you sort of run up against this sort of like little brick wall of people who are already there. Blah, blah, blah. And of course, we had the incumbent mayor who was just reelected, and he was like... Uh, 20-year mayor. <laughs> mayor Bob. He was a great guy. I loved him. But anyway, <clears throat> that's what happens is that you come in and you all feel that you got elected on your own merits. And so you all feel that now I'm an independent actor and it doesn't matter who supported me, who didn't. I want to really do good things for the city. So you will get it, – it's not predictable. I mean, four new council members, wow, this well, will be fun. 
interestingly enough, I know all four of them. And I can say I think they're all very thoughtful, bright people, not radical in any way in terms of certain things. I mean, I, I really think they're all going to be pretty thoughtful in how they approach things. So that is not, that's, I was encouraged by the, the results of the, the city council race. I thought it was pretty good. You know, I, I certainly, you know, I voted for, of the, of the three, you know, I got to vote for four, obviously, because I was yeah. in District 3. And, you know, three of the people that I voted for won. And um, so I was pretty happy about the outcome. But I don't know. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. And I think, I think the runoff for mayor is going to be just, like, fascinating and fun. And I want it to be, like, just full of, of storm and, you know, of what, what, is the, what is the phrase? Storm and drang. <laughs> just what John, I want. Did, did you vote for Gordon Klingenschmidt with that fourth vote and you weren't successful there? Is that what you – because you said you got three out no, of the four. I, no, I'm I, kidding. I, I, I'm I, kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I, that's okay. I mean – I was surprised Gordon finished where he did. I really thought he had a chance to finish in the top three. I was surprised I, to see him that far down. Well, I do think that um, when I look at Daryl and Gordon, and I sort of think, that's like me running. I mean, come on. Yesterday, there was a song like, like, like that, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> so there's some new group. Out of England, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't think that support was there. That didn't surprise me a whole lot. But um, I, I think it is a good – I mean, I, I know these people as well, and I think that they are going to be a good, thoughtful council moving forward. And, and I've heard some of these people, even though they got money from these developers that we're talking about, have said openly, no, I'm, I'm going to be the one that takes this water ordinance on because I just don't think – it is good for our the future of our city moving forward, and and with a new mayor to, uh, um, you know, to your point, John, earlier, you know, when you took over in in eighteen, I mean, nineteen ninety one, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, you had this long standing mayor. Well, guess what? You know, four new council members, and you got somebody who's never been a mayor before, uh, regardless of whether it's it's Yemi or Wayne, and so it's going to be much harder for that person to you know, kind of establish that success right out the chute, especially given the fact that, you know, all of these council members, all of these new council members will be able to say, well, you know what? I got more votes than you did. Um, and yet, I mean, you don't exactly have a mandate here. Yeah. Well, True. yeah, but remember that the council has been pretty much defanged after the strong, the strong mayor ordinance. And, you know, Steve Bach may have tried to rule with an iron hand, as I, as I told you, Steve and I used to meet periodically when I was covering, <clears throat> covering the city, and he was, and at one point he had just vetoed something, and the veto had been overridden, and I said, so what are you going to do about this, Steve? And Steve said, I'm not going to do anything about it. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. I said, but you can't. They vetoed you, and said, so what are they going to do if I, if I ignore their veto? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was Steve, and um, it was a very funny episode. But you know, we're not. But there, it does show that Steve was just testing the powers of the mayor, and you can, unless you have utter respect there, so that the mayor doesn't say, "I don't care about your veto." 
you know, go ahead, sue me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there are, I don't think that's going to happen. I think whoever is elected, they're thoughtful, careful, and, you know, and people who understand the limits of what they can do and, and yeah. will, and, you know, we have always had careful and competent governance in this city. Even yeah. though sometimes it's been colorfully competent and sometimes it's been colorlessly competent. But, yeah. you know, I'm not, I, I don't think that, I don't think our municipality is in any danger, regardless of who wins. Yeah. So, I'm since I'm not a journalist, I always like to ask this question. Is there anything I haven't asked that you guys were hoping I would have asked and that you could comment on? Or Ray, you comment. Something I'm, we didn't, I'm a, I'm something to, we didn't of, cover that you'd I'm like to of, cover? I'm sort of a temporarily or perhaps permanently unemployed journalist, so I will <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it will be, um, just going back to the runoff, I am, I'm kind of curious to see... Uh, Will Wayne come out on top, you know, because he said last night, it, it, as Steve Bach proved it, it doesn't matter who's first or second in this first round. Um, the, you know, the real votes are going to come uh, in this runoff and they have a lot of work ahead of them, um, you know, uh, to, to kind of persuade vote, voters that they didn't have before. Um, and I right now at this point, I, I don't really have a feeling either way how, how it could go. I think it's really going to come down to a lot of work over the next six weeks. I think the only thing that we didn't talk about um, was the kind of the unelected bureaucrats that Mm -hmm. are in charge of running the city. And believe me, there is a tremendous amount of power there, you know? So for example, uh, Jeff Green, the mayor's chief of staff, he is a master at um, working with, and some might even say manipulating the city council, right? Um, If, uh, if Wayne is to win this thing, I mean, every indication has been that Jeff Green stays on board as as the mayor's chief of staff. In fact, I'll tell you, a lot of these folks have, you know, kind of made that the um, bellwether of whether they're going to support a candidate or not. It, you know, if you're going to keep Jeff, I'm not supporting you. Or if you're going to keep Jeff, I am going to support you. So I, I think a, a, a lot of how governance is going to happen moving forward is a little bit less determinative uh, based on the candidate who wins and more based on who they keep in their administration. And as we said earlier, um, with Wayne, it's going to be John Souther's 2.0. So if you're happy with the administration that's there now, happy with the unelected bureaucrats that are there now, um, you're going to get that with Wayne. Yemi's probably going to be the person that makes that change if you're unhappy. One so, question I definitely want to ask Yemi is if if he would say who he wants for his chief of staff. I think that would be an interesting I, uh, I heard John Hazelhurst is out of work, and so he might be willing to take that. No, I'm um, kidding. It doesn't pay enough. <laughs> <laughs> we journalists get paid so well. But, you know, a mere 175000 a year is, you know, I mean, what is that? It's nothing. Oh, you're yeah, undersigned. Anyway, you, you would do 50. Yeah, exactly. I, think it's, I think it's well above yeah, that. Yeah, I think it's well so. above 175. But I, think, um, but I think your point is really interesting, Mark, because basically um, – with Wayne, we're really electing a figurehead mayor. Jeff will run things. I think a lot of people might agree with you there. Interesting. And I'm I'm comfortable with that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, thank you guys all for being here. I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. What we might do, if you don't mind, is on... 
on May 17th, the day after the runoff, maybe the four of us can get back together and kind of see if what we said today uh, has, if we were any good at predicting things or or looking into the future a little bit. But yep. uh, I really do appreciate you guys being here. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of COS 23, the Mayor's Race podcast. This program is brought to you by Avant Strategies. Special thank you to producer Ted Robertson for help putting this program together. If you're interested in partnering with COS 23, the Mayor's Race podcast, you can reach out to me at kyle at avantstrategiesllc.com. Thank you.